In the second half of July, stock markets moved sharply higher into mid-August on the hope for a shift and an easier Fed in 2023. Real interest rates were falling then, having peaked on June 15th. The markets had interpreted Powell's July comments to signal the possibility of a downshift in the pace of interest rate hikes. And the S&P 500 ran higher into August expiration, nearing the S&P 500 200-day moving average around 4,300. Those gains were already reversing into Jerome Powell's eight-minute speech at Jackson Hole on Friday, August 26th. Since then, virtually every asset market in the world has moved lower on a price basis. Stocks lower, bond prices lower, commodity prices ex-natural gas, all lower. I mean, what gives? I'm Chris Paris with Ocars Financial Group in Houston, Texas, and welcome to our weekly Stock Talk podcast, keeping you connected to your money. Before we get into this week's topic, Jackson Hole, Jerome Powell makes it really interesting, not in a good way. Please take a moment to click on the subscribe button and click on the notification bell so you'll be alerted when our team uploads our latest content. In case you missed it, Jerome Powell did pretty much what everyone who works for him said he would. He reiterated the central bank's commitment to fighting inflation as the bank's top priority over economic growth. He did this in a very direct and straightforward manner. He referred to unfortunate costs of fighting inflation. Those costs are pain in the U.S. economy in the form of further economic slowdown, a weaker consumer, potentially lost jobs, and higher unemployment rates. He brought up former Fed Chairman Paul Volcker's name more than once, and he pledged that the central bank will use our tools forcefully to attack inflation that is still running near its highest level in more than 40 years. Apparently, a number of investors and shorter-term traders were hoping that Powell would give some signal that shorter-term goods inflation higher interest rates would be short-term phenomenon, that the Fed would rapidly raise rates, get inflation under control, then go back to its easy money policies. Into Powell's speech on Friday morning, the computer trading algorithms were screening for one word. What was that word? The magic word that Powell didn't say? That word was pivot, as in pivot and move away from monetary tightening in 2023. And with that, the computer algorithms took over in a very illiquid Friday during summer. The Dow plunged more than 1,000 points on Friday, its worst day since May, and stocks and most other investable assets have traded poorly ever since his speech. The Fed's next meeting about rate hikes isn't until September 21st, during what historically is the worst month for investor returns in stocks. Until then, the markets will have several key economic reports to digest there will be more data for the Fed to review. What the market decided it didn't want to listen to in Powell's speech was this part. Powell said that September's rate decision will depend on the totality of the incoming data and the evolving outlook. At some point, as the stance of monetary policy tightens further, it will likely become appropriate to slow the pace of interest rate increases. I'll translate that economic speak for you. He said, will be data dependent. He said that if the facts change, as laid out by the data, we'll change our minds, direction, and actions. But viewers, computer algorithms, and short-term traders don't care about any of those words on a Friday during the liquid trading day in the heat of summer. No, 
Those computers do one thing, and they do one thing only. They get in there, and they sell. They're selling, Mortimer. Well, that's ridiculous. God help us. They sell, Mortimer, sell, and the buyers do what? Well, they step back, they pull their bids, they pack it up early for the weekend, and they head to the Hamptons, and they watch. Why? Because one of the basic trading rules on Wall Street is the markets never bottom on a summer Friday. So let's look at what's going on behind straight lines down in markets on summer Fridays. Bigger picture, in many ways, the Fed is already getting some of the outcomes they're seeking. That's what the real-time data says. Money supply growth has tanked the last nine months after rising exponentially post-pandemic. Lower M2 money supply growth usually leads inflation by nine to 12 months. The economy has materially slowed in 2022. Housing demand is falling rapidly. The labor market slowdown is underway as companies reevaluate hiring. The jobs market is cooling off with a rash of summer layoff announcements ranging from technology companies to auto manufacturers such as Ford. Layoffs are not inflationary for wages. These things are happening with the economy coming off consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth in the first and second quarters, which remains, by my definition, a recession, even if it is a mild one. So if things were heading in the Fed's direction, what's going on with stocks? Why are they so weak since Powell's speech? Qualitatively, after exhaling for two months and believing in a soft landing scenario for 2023, the markets are once again concerned about increased prospects of a recession next year. Between the rapid short-term interest rate increases over the last nine months and soon to commence quantitative tightening programs, central banks are sucking liquidity out of the markets. Higher rates in the U.S. are enticing dollars to return to the U.S. as risk capital returns home in a bid for safety. A stronger dollar hits U.S. exporters and multinationals' earnings power. Quantitatively, it's best to look behind the scenes away from stocks and look into the bond market to see why the overall stock market continues to struggle, even with goods inflation looking to have peaked. We've discussed this topic more than a handful of times over the last four years. Remember, viewers, that nominal treasury interest rates, the ones quoted on TV, like a 10-year treasury bond that's used to set your mortgage, have two components. They have the inflation expectation components, and they have the real yield component. You add them together and you get the nominal interest rate. Take a look at the 10-year nominal interest rate chart over the last 18 months. 10-year interest rates. Up and to the right, to, from about 1.35% last December when stocks peaked to 3.5% in mid-June when the S&P 500 hit 36.50. Yields now sit around 3.25%. Higher overall interest rate increase the cost of doing business for most companies while lowering PEs and valuation. However, we want to break down the 10-year nominal interest rate into its two components and further discuss it. The first part is the 10-year inflation break-even component. Here it is. This is the market expectations of where it expects inflation to settle 10 years from now. As you can see, it peaked out at over 3% in April and has since fallen back to around 2.45%. One can pull up the two-year, five-year, and 30-year inflation expectations if you wanted, but if you did, what you would see is that they're all starting to coalesce and triangulate to around 
2.5%. What I find most interesting is that the two-year inflation break-even has already fallen from 5% at the end of March to under 2.5% five months later. It's at 2.3% as of this writing. If that was a stock down over 50% in five months, the news anchors on TV would be calling this a collapse. It's already back to early 2021 levels and nearing what the Fed calls their long-term inflation goal of 2%. That it's already been cut in half in five months should be a real good real-time indicator that inflation is going to continue lower in the coming three, six, and nine months. Something else I want to point out to those of you out there who like to invest or trade commodity stocks like copper or gold. Here's a chart of one of the world's largest copper miners, Freeport McMoran. You probably heard of the massive future demand for copper given its use in electric vehicles, as each vehicle requires two and a half times the amount of copper as the standard internal combustion engine does. Compare these two charts. What you'll see is they look almost identical with Freeport stock peaking on March 25th, the exact same day the inflation break-even rates in our bond market peaked. So I ask, when you're buying Freeport stock, when you're buying that EV copper demand theme, are you really buying a copper and gold mine? Or are you just buying some ticker that a computer is trading as a byproduct of inflation interest rates? Which brings me to my third and final, and what I believe most important interest rate chart. That's the chart of real interest rates, also called the tip shield. This is the component of longer term interest rates that drive a stock valuation and equity risk premium of the overall market. This is the 10-year real rate interest rate chart. If one were to overlay a chart of the overall S&P 500 on this real interest rate yield chart, one would see they look almost identical but opposite. The market's big late first quarter 2022 rally came as real rates dropped for about two weeks. Outside of that, the S&P 500 headed almost linearly lower in the second quarter until June 15th. When what happened? Well when real interest rates peaked short-term. And now, ever since mid-August, as real interest rates have begun rising again, the overall market has struggled. In fact, on Friday, August 31st, the short-term two-year real yield rose over 25 basis points in one day to 1.08%. That's a huge move, and it's far too fast for managers and portfolios to handle short-term. Growth stocks, whose main value is determined years, if not decades, into the future, have been the worst performers since rates troughed again in mid-August, while boring utilities, staples, and lower growth names, while mostly down, have done better. As it's been all year, it's a sloppy, choppy, rotational mess, and right now, it remains really interesting and difficult environment for stock markets as the market wrestles with how slow the economy will get as the Fed continues to raise along its fourth quarter rate increases. The good news is that we don't believe the Fed needs to actually pivot to lower rates to get the markets moving higher once again. We are currently of the belief that given the employment picture and slow growth we're in, the market would exhale greatly with just a general roadmap of slower interest rate increases over the coming six months instead of more 75 basis point increases on the table. The real-time data behind the scenes says the Fed is succeeding in its plan of lowering inflation. Investors want to know that the Fed sees it and believes it too. And it's willing to take their foot off the gas of monetary policy tightening 
as inflation slows. If the ongoing market volatility is making you feel uneasy, give us a call and schedule a meeting with an Oak Harvest advisor. Our team does have insurance-based tools that don't have the volatility of public markets. However, we remind you that these investments may also lower your long-term expected investment returns. At Oak Harvest, we think our clients are best served by us helping them plan for their future needs instead of focusing on the past. The future in stock markets are always uncertain. That's why our retirement planning teams plan for your retirement needs first and your greed second. Give us a call to speak to an advisor and let us help you craft a financial plan that helps you meet your retirement goals. Call us here at 877-896-0040 and schedule an advisor consultation. The first one is free. We're here to help you on your financial journey into and through your retirement years. I'm Chris Paris, and from the whole team here at Oak Harvest Financial, have a blessed weekend. All content contained within Oak Harvest Podcast expresses the views of the speaker and is for informational purposes only. It is based on information believed to be reliable when created, but any cited data, indicators, statistics, or other sources are not guaranteed. The views and opinions expressed herein may change without notice. Strategies and ideas discussed may not be right for you, and nothing in this podcast should be considered as personalized investment, tax or legal advice, or an offer or solicitation to buy or sell securities. Indexes such as the S&P 500 are not available for direct investment, and your investment results may differ when compared to an index. Specific portfolio actions or strategies discussed will not apply to all client portfolios. Investing involves the risk of loss, and past performance is not indicative of future results.